0: 212, yeah, special dedication to my brothers and sisters on the great continent of Africa, the saints in Malawi, Ghana, Nigeria, Kenya, Zimbabwe, Don't be deceived by what America's sending y'all, man Let me begin While there's still ink left in my pen I'm set to contend For truth, you can bet we'll offend Deception within The church man who's letting them in We talked about this years ago Let's address it again Yeah And I ain't really trying to start beef but some who claim to be part of the sheep got some sharp teeth. And catch get mean when you criticize them. But Jesus told us Matthew 7, 16, we can recognize them. And God forbid that for the love of some fans, I keep quiet and watch them die with their blood on my hands. So there's nothing left for me to do except to speak to you in the spirit of Jude 3 and 2 Peter 2. And I know that some will label me a Pharisee because today the only heresy is saying that this heresy. I'll dare to be specific and drop some clarity on the popularity of the gospel of prosperity. Turn off TBN, that channel is overrated The pastors speak bogus statements, financially motivated It's kinda like a pyramid scheme Visualize heretics Christianizing the American dream It's foul and deceitful, they lie into people Teaching that camel squeezed through the eye of a needle Ungodly and wicked, ask yourself how can they not be convicted Treating Jesus like a lottery ticket And you're thinking they're not the dangerous type Cause some of the statements are right That only proves that Satan comes as an angel of light This teaching can't be believed without a call The lie is you can achieve a crown without a cross. And I hear it all the time when they speak on the block. Even unbelievers are shocked how they're feasting the flock. It should be obvious then, yeah, I'll explain why it's sin. Peep the Bible is sin, 1 Timothy 6, 9 and 10. It talks about how the desire for riches has left many souls on fire in stitches, mired in ditches. Tell me, who would teach you to pursue as a goal? The very thing that the Bible says will ruin your soul, huh? Yet they're encouraging the love of money. To make it worse, they've exported this garbage into other countries. My heart breaks even now as I'm rhyming. You want to know what all false teachers have in common? What? It's called selfism, the fastest growing religion. They just dress it up and call it Christian Don't be deceived by this funny biz If you come to Jesus for money Then he's not your God, money, money is. is Jesus is not a means to an end no. The gospel is he came to redeem us from sin And that is the message Forever I'll yell If you're living your best life now You're headed for hell Talk to him Joel Osteen Let him know false teacher, teacher. Well, 12, 12. Benny Hinn is a false teacher 12. I know they're popular But don't let them deceive ya Talk is a false teacher.
1: Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. 2 Peter 2, 1-3
2: Welcome back everyone. Once again, I have to say that uh, this particular book of Jude is taking me a lot longer to get through than I originally had planned. And uh, but we are going to get through it. I uh, hope to get through the rest of the episodes uh, by the end of this month. This month is August, so hopefully by the end of August we'll be done with the book of Jude. And I'm not going to take a long time here with the introduction, but I do want to remind you of the inversion pattern that I've been using as an outline for this book. And now we're coming to, um, we're coming out of the book of Jude. So remember we Came into it with a certain number of themes going in we got to the center portion and now we're coming out of the book of Jude in reverse order so we're on the theme of apostates in the Old Testament apostates in the Old Testament now this corresponds with verses 5 through 8 which we covered earlier um, and if you are actually keeping track of the outline you'll see how this um, theme is repeated again here in the book of Jude so let's get into the words of the Living God coming from Jude verses 14 through 16 we read now Enoch the seventh from Adam prophesied about these men also saying behold the Lord comes with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly, among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lusts, and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage." So verse 14 starts us off with another reference to this ancient man, Enoch. And Jude has already made references which appear to come from Enoch, the book of Enoch. But here we find something very interesting. This ancient prophecy, which is obviously uh, even more ancient now than it was in Jude's time, was not only intended for those who were alive when Enoch was walking on the earth, but Jude states that Enoch was actually speaking of the false teachers of his day as well. Now we should remember some things about the book of Enoch. Number one, it's not found in the Bible. And I've addressed this before, but I'll take a moment here to just bring it up again. Uh, Just because Jude quotes from the Book of Enoch does not mean that the entire Book of Enoch was inspired. What is inspired is Jude's recording of the fact that Enoch did prophesy. He was a prophet. It is also a true prophecy, as Jude, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, gives it credibility here. The full quote from the Book of Enoch is this quote "The Lord appeared encompassed by myriads of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all and to convict all the ungodly concerning all their ungodly works and concerning all the hard things spoken against him by ungodly sinners. Thus, what Jude is saying here if if I can paraphrase it, he's saying, just like these ungodly men of Enoch's time, these false teachers are, Murmurers, they are complaining about their lot in life. They are slaves to their own carnal lusts. And while they utter presumptuous words against God, uh, they also seek to ingratiate themselves with men for the sake of their own advantage. In other words, they are saying things for the purpose of getting something in return. Flattering words for their own selfish gain and I just realized I'm sitting here with my phone on if the ringer was to go off in the middle of this podcast it would be a distraction so I'm going to go ahead and turn that off right now and we're going to move on so let me bring in another important fact about scripture and canonicity as I just stated Enoch is a book which was not included in the canon of scripture And this is where knowing dates of authorship of the books of the Bible comes in handy. The book of Jude goes back to somewhere between 66 and 69 AD. Now, my personal opinion, my personal belief is that it's even older than that. I believe that there's even an earlier date of authorship on the book of Jude. However, I cannot prove that. So let's just go with what the scholars have said, and if you've got a study Bible, you can probably look this up. It'll say something in the introduction in most study Bibles, giving you a date or an approximate time period whenever the book was written. And I'm not going to get into all the reasons why we know that to be true, but we just, for right now, just take my word for it, we know within a certain range when books were written based on something called textual criticism. So, um, the date for the Book of Jude is somewhere between 66 and 69 AD. Now, the Book of Enoch does not show up until sometime in the second century. In other words, we have a copy of the Book of Enoch, but as far back as we can go is sometime in the second century. So, it would be impossible for Jude to be quoting from a book that was not around yet. And it's more likely that the authors of the Book of Enoch decided to quote from Jude in an attempt to make it appear as though the Book of Enoch was a true book. Now pause. Um, I also believe that It's possible that portions of the Book of Enoch existed before it appears on the scene um, in the 2nd century, and that you could have had scribes working with scraps of Enoch, and then they inserted what Jude said as well. So it doesn't really matter either way you want to look at it. Um, What does this mean for us? That's the question. I'm so glad that you asked since we believe that the book of jude is the word of god then we also believe that enoch most certainly was a true prophet of god now that's what i believe Uh, remember also from our study in the book of genesis that enoch was taken away before the flood and why is that important well it's important because we see that god is saving one of his own people before the flood waters came, because Enoch was not on Noah's ark, the Bible says that Enoch was not for the Lord took him. So I would just add one more thing to this discussion about dates and authorship, and I, uh, oops, I've already sort of hinted at this uh, before already. It's entirely possible and it's likely that the Book of Enoch was in existence um, before Jude's time. I'm just pointing it out that, like other ancient literature, we have only got fragments. And the oldest copy that we have today only goes back to the 2nd century. Now, were the folks in the 2nd century working off of uh, earlier uh, manuscripts? I think they were. I believe that Enoch was rejected from canonicity for good reason. I believe that it is entirely possible and likely that... um, there were folks that were pushing for Enoch's canonicity, and so, in an effort to prove its inspiration, they copied from Jude, um, not the other way around. So, anyway, that's just my opinion, and you can do with that what you will. Uh, there are folks that would heartily, heartily disagree with me on that. So let me just also point out something here which may come your way if you ever talk to a non-believer about the book of Jude. Critics and atheists, they love this kind of thing, which I'm about to point out to you. And if we go back to Genesis, Genesis and we list out the descendants from Adam, you're going to find that Enoch is actually sixth from Adam. He's not seventh from Adam. But Jude says here that Adam, I'm sorry that Enoch is 7th from Adam. So which is it? And like I said, critics and skeptics and atheists, they love this kind of stuff because man, they think they got you now. They got you. You know, they're always looking for some way to entrap you with words, contradictions supposedly that are in the Bible and is and I've said this before. I'm going to say it here again as gently as possible with grace because that's what the Lord has for me. He's got grace and mercy. So I always try to couch these things as gently as possible, but yet firm and never wavering. Um, There are no contradictions in the Bible. And when people think they have found one, it is based in their own ignorance. don't know anything about context or if they do they ignore it and rip the verses out of context and what do I mean by context I mean the topic what's being discussed the audience that was originally to hear that um, scripture what was happening historically in the culture of the people at the time that it was written and so Why is that relevant to Enoch being either the sixth or the seventh from Adam? Well, we're gonna get into that. Jews did not calculate generations the same way that Gentiles do. For the Jewish method of counting a generation, they would start with Adam. Adam would be first. So if you count Adam As first, which is the way that the Jews would have done it, which is also, oh, just by chance, Jude happens to be of the Jewish uh, lineage. He's a Hebrew, so he would have started his count with Adam as number one. But Gentiles, and chances are, um, if you're like me, uh, you're a Gentile. (laughs) And Gentiles would have started with Seth. So we would have said, well, Adam's not number one, Adam's the father. So Seth would be number one, the son, and then we would go on from there. And so you can see how this would make the count difference between Gentile thinking and Hebrew thinking. Doesn't mean that either one of them is wrong, they just count differently and there's no contradiction here you can see that the counting method is based upon the culture that you are in in this particular case and so i would just say try again mr atheist because that one's not going to work and just so you understand i'm not making this stuff up i didn't invent it i'm not some kind of a super genius okay do your own research and this is what you're going to find. Um, there are people way more educated than me, um, scholars, archaeologists, um, anthropologists, linguists, those who study society and culture, and this is the conclusion that they've come to outside of Scripture. This is what we know as historical fact. It just is. So. Let's move on. Move on to verse 15, and we're going to find this one word here that I want to talk about ungodly. How many times do we read the word ungodly in this verse, in verse 15? Well, in the New King James Version, which is the translation that I'm using, we count it four times. Four times, Jude says, ungodly. So what's the point? Well, the point is that Jude is emphasizing the compounded ungodliness of these false teachers and this is what the subject's really about false teachers he is ultimately saying that they are against god and against god's authority and we've seen this theme before in the book of jude he's emphasizing it jude is reminding us yet again that this rebellion from the false teachers is ultimately against god it's ultimately against god's authority jude is promising God's judgment on such things. And remember too that when we discussed Jude 4, we talked about how these ungodly men had crept into the church. And these men have already been designated for this condemnation. That's what the scripture says. So as we look at verse 16, as if their four times ungodliness was not enough, Jude calls them grumblers complainers and he states that they walk according to their own lusts. He accuses them of flattery so they can get whatever they want. And Jude's overall point is simply this, God still judges the ungodly and we are to be like Enoch who was so righteous that God took him away, remember? So imagine walking with God As the scriptures tell us that Enoch did and one day God just simply states you know what today you're not going to your earthly home Enoch today you're going with me I want your fellowship enough that today is your day and I'm going to glorify myself by taking you now and And again, this is me adding to the story, embellishing just a little bit. But God knows everything. He knows that later in time, Jude would make a reference back to Enoch. It's no surprise to God that Jude records the prophecy of Enoch. And so, God was working something much bigger than hey, you get to come home with me today. So we see here again God's glorification, God's providence, his sovereignty, his omniscience, and his omnipotency. He knows everything. He's everywhere at all times. It's just amazing if you stop and think about it. So friends, let me put it to you this way. You were born in sin. I was born in sin. You have trespassed God's law. So have I. I have trespassed God's law. And you have already been judged. And just like these false teachers that we find here in the book of Jude, that Jude's instructing us about, you've been found guilty. So... The judgment has already been made. You're guilty. You have broken his law. And your only hope is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Christ came and lived the perfect life that was impossible for you to live. And he took all the punishment which belonged to ungodly sinners. And he now credits that punishment to your account. And it's not just the punishment, it's Christ's righteousness that gets credited to your account. So you are found innocent of the crimes that you've committed against God's law. And that happens whenever you receive the free gift of God's imputed righteousness. Now that word imputed simply means what I've been saying, credited righteousness. To your account so God credits to your account the righteousness of Christ and Christ purchased that for you by receiving the wrath of God the judge so the judge will find you not guilty if you receive this free gift of Christ, You see, Christ purchased this for those whom he came to save. Imputed righteousness, it just means that the perfection of Christ is given to you. Or you can continue to reject the truth. You can continue to follow false teachers and the things that they teach you can continue in your ungodly lusts and following your flesh and the judge will condemn you to your destruction in the eternity of hell so you will either glorify god in your destruction or you will glorify him in your salvation So as we think about these false teachers. I want you to truly examine the things that you are listening to. And that you are being taught. Examine the books that you read. The things that come on TV. And examine them against the word of God. Friends, I do believe that time is running out. Now I do not believe that we've got you know it's gonna happen this afternoon but I do believe that God's patience is wearing very thin when it comes to people professing to be Christian and they really are not his patience is wearing thin with people in the West who say they are Christians and they embrace sin so with that folks I'm going to leave it here, very short episode today, but the truth of God, um, a lot of times we don't need to expound on it, a lot of times very, very, very simple, and that's what we have here. So I hope this has been a blessing to you, and I hope this encourages you. I do hope and pray for everyone listening, watching on YouTube, that this would cause you to examine what you're listening to, what you're being taught, what you hear in light of the scriptures. With that said, God bless you. We'll see you on the next episode.
0: Maybe. <laughs> Here we go. One, two, one, two. Yeah. Special dedication to my brothers and sisters on the great continent of Africa, to Saints in Malawi. Ghana, Nigeria, Kenya, Zimbabwe, don't be deceived by what America's sending y'all, man. Let me begin, while there's still ink left in my pen, I'm set to contend, for truth you can bet we'll offend, deception within, the church man who's letting them in, we talked about this years ago, let's address it again, yeah, and I ain't really trying to start beef, but some who claim to be part of the sheep Got some sharp teeth And cats get mean when you criticize them But Jesus told us Matthew 7, 16 We can recognize them And God forbid that for the love of some fans I keep quiet and watch them die With their blood on my hands So there's nothing left for me to do Except to speak to you In the spirit of Jude 3 and 2 Peter 2 And I know that some will label me a Pharisee Because today the only heresy Is saying that this heresy out will to be specific And drop some clarity On the popularity Of the gospel of prosperity Turn off TBN, that channel is overrated. The pastors speak bogus statements, financially motivated. It's kind of like a pyramid scheme. Visualize heretics Christianizing the American dream. It's foul and deceitful, they lie into to people. Teaching that camel squeezed through the eye of a needle. Ungodly and wicked. Ask yourself, how can they not be convicted? Treating Jesus like a lottery ticket. And you're thinking they're not the dangerous type, because some of the statements are right. That only proves that Satan comes as an angel of light. This teaching can't be believed without a cult. The lie is you can achieve a crown without a cross, And I hear it all the time when they speak on the block. Even unbelievers are shocked how they're feasting the flock. It should be obvious then. Yeah, I'll explain why it's sin. Peep the Bible is in 1 Timothy 6, 9 and 10. It talks about how the desire for riches has left many souls on fire and stitches, mired in ditches. Tell me, who would teach you to pursue as a goal? The very thing that the Bible says will ruin your soul, huh? Yet they're encouraging the love of money. To make it worse, they've exported this garbage into other other countries, my heart breaks even now as I'm rhyming, you want to know what all false teachers have in common, What? it's called selfism, the fastest growing religion, they just dress it up and call it Christian, don't be deceived by this funny biz, if you come to Jesus for money, then he's not your God, money, money is. is, Jesus is not a means to an end, no. the gospel is he came to redeem us from sin, and that is the message, forever, forever I'll yell, know. if you're living your best life now, you're headed for hell, talk to Joel. him, Joe Let them know. Preffal Dollar is a horse teacher. Who else, who else? Benny Hinn is a horse teacher. I know they're popular, but don't let them deceive ya. Talk to T.D. Jakes is a horse teacher. Count a trope. Joyce Meyer is a horse teacher. Let them know. Paula White is a horse teacher. Use your discernment, let the Bible lead ya. Keep going. Fred Price is a horse teacher. Count a trope. Kenneth Copeland is a horse teacher. Who else, who else? Robert Tilton is a horse teacher. So popular, But don't let them deceive ya. Talk to them. Eddie Long is a false teacher. Let them know. I need a find them as a false teacher. Four well, crowds is a false teacher. Use your discernment, let the Bible lead ya.
1: But false prophets also arose among the people. Just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift. Destruction. And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. 2 Peter 2, 1-3